Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Welcome back to the Smarty Podcast. I'm Cheryl Perry here with Jen Plim, and we've got a special guest today. Hallie Rajeski is the new head of school at the John Croson School, a school here in Charlotte that was previously Door Academy. The John Croson School has been around since 1978 and provides students with specific attention and learning differences, individualized college preparatory education to achieve their highest potential. The school creates an environment that nurtures and protects all the things that we value, curiosity, talents, character, humanity, and dreams. Hallie comes to Crosland from Noble Academy in Greensboro, a school really similar to Crosland, where she was head of lower school and the junior high since 2011. Prior, Hallie was a special education teacher for 10 years at Noble and at the Oakwood School in Greenville, North Carolina. She attended East Carolina University, where she got her bachelor's degree in special education and a master's degree. She also holds a post-master's certificate in school administration from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. She's actively involved in many professional organizations and is so kind to take time out of her really busy schedule to chat with us for a few minutes. So welcome, Hallie, and thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm just going to start off asking just a little bit more about the John Croson School. Give us a little bit of a history and what you guys are all about. The idea um, that a lot of students aren't um, going to thrive in their typical or um, standard educational environment, Um, we exist for students that either um, aren't reaching their potential or need a very individualized um, curriculum or teachers that have um, an expertise, for instance, with dyslexia, dysgraphia, um, dyscalculia, um, where our students um, do have to have a specific diagnosis, and it's, you know, basically under the umbrella of they learn differently, but um, as well as attentional issues. So our class size is very small. Um, Our kids come and they feel a sense of relief, if you will. Um, Yeah, that... And I think the idea of it exists out of need. Um, A lot of schools like ours were started, um, I'd say, between 30 and 40 years ago um, as just tutoring because the the traditional educational environment was not working. Mm -hmm. So about how many kids are in the school? So right now we're starting the school with 65, which is um, small but great because as me being new, I love it personally because I can memorize all the kids' names really quickly. I get to know a small staff. Um, but the class size, um, for instance, we have two kindergartners this year, so that's a one-on-two class, which is phenomenal. Right. Um, and then I would say typical is between six and ten would be the average class um, when you look at how many students are in the room when you're learning math. Right. So, And you go all the way up? Yes, we have five okay. 12th graders this year. That's awesome. Um, and they're doing their college applications, writing their essays. Um, that's their focus this fall. Have most of them been there the entire time? Or they do you get people coming in ninth grade? Or when's your big transition year? It's really a mix. We don't, to me, it's individualized. Some students, when they come, let's say, in first or second grade, it's then home. Mm-hmm. And they have the vision of staying. Other families, it's let's learn some strategies, let's learn how to read. And then we, you know, we have a vision of them going into a larger environment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it really speaks a lot because some of, for instance, we graduated 10 seniors last year. All of them went to um, college. 
However, I think three of them chose colleges that were designed for students that have learning disabilities. So some of our students stay on that path of we still need this much support and other kids are going to state schools or, you know, some community college, but it's different levels of support depending on what the needs are of the student. But there is no, when you come, it's not, okay, you've signed up till 12th grade. Um, We do get a lot of kids right before middle school Mm -hmm. or kind of in that, you know, if, if they know school's not working, they come and look. Is there an age that is more common for people to figure out that they have learning differences? Is there like a magic, like age 10 or something like that? Typically, um, and part of this is just because of high stakes testing, but third grade um, for a long time had been when you're starting, when you assume that your child now is reading, and that's a big assumption because some children don't read, you know, just because it's now third grade, but they're actually um, learning information via reading. So if your child is not reading, by the end of second grade, third grade is a really hard um, marker point, and the fact that that's when your high stakes testing in the public school kicks in, right. and they are really wanting you to succeed, um, we get that's sometimes really a tough year. And so, depending on the amount of testing, sometimes that anxiety comes up with a child of I have to pass. They're really teaching toward the test, and that right. kind of creates um, it's definitely a marker of hey, things aren't going well. Right. Um, a lot of times, though, we have some students that, for instance, go to great programs and we have a lot of good um, therapy, you know, OT speech. And like if you're needing that at a younger age, sometimes that is a, hey, we're already getting support. Um, that also is a marker of do we need a different environment as well for learning? Um, and then a lot of families, because um, in elementary school, most of the time you may have a teacher with you most of the day. Um, some students can um kind of independently succeed through the end of fifth grade. But then when you hit that middle school, when, you know, one teacher has 150 kids, when you add them all up throughout the day, that then is a common point of I can hold it together because I've had support from a teacher Right. to now we're having a whole team. How often do we communicate? What is the workload? If you have an IEP, how does that look different in middle school versus elementary school? Right. So and just the organization, way. I feel like it takes yeah. for kids in sixth grade is so different from elementary school. And so I see, I mean, that's a hard Well, it's transition. a natural transition for them mm-hmm. to start taking ownership and parents letting go a little bit, whereas some many children right. aren't ready to do that. No, for instance, our middle school director goes in with the kids and teaches the hidden skills that you need to know in middle school that no one really teaches on, you know, what could you do when you're younger, but now that you're getting that sixth, seventh grade year, this isn't cool or accepted anymore. Right. right. Um, and so, like, we have that executive function embedded in the, in the class right. um, so that those lessons are being shared about just, you know, things that a lot of other kids get. Sometimes our students, um, the kind of the soft skills, if you will, need to be directly taught. Right. Now, do you find that some families want their children to eventually be mainstreamed later if they come early? Or is it just, you know, we can stay through the end and be like, what what is the norm? I think it's really dependent upon the child and the family. Um, It really, I also think it, is what does the child want? Where some kids, hey, I really want a bigger environment. I'm dying. I'm a social kid. And I, I you know, this is what I'm, you know, right, just right. In a, if you have a high school kid that's really after that, they have the strategies, they've been there, they've learned kind of a little right. bit of independence. You know, we've had some students transition that have been very successful. Um, so I just kind of, I, I don't think there's a, just because you come doesn't mean we are going to, you know, try to keep you forever. It's more the right. idea of we're going to be very honest of as you transition, these will be some of the struggles or the difficulties you may see, and how can we help you with that now? Yeah, yeah. So what, you're new to the Crosland School, what drew you there? Um, I think the idea that um, 
they did a great head search um, where the um, what really made me impressed was they in three words or three kind of bullet points could summarize what they were looking for ahead of school. And I feel Ooh, that well, I feel like because I was I had played. Um, I was at my school and I knew my head was retiring, so she was kind of helping me get prepared for applying for that job. And then I said, well, if I'm doing this for one school, let me do it for a few so I can experience what does that look like. Right. Um, and so I was very impressed that the Crossland board had done a lot of work on interviewing its constituents. What does the school need? Where do we need to build strength? And um, the three things that they pointed out to me are things that I thought, oh, well, this is this honestly is like a job written for me. Um, they wanted someone that was a special educator. They wanted someone that could bring back that family feel. They wanted um, the idea to really nurture the school itself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of those things were things that I find fun. <laughs> um, so this was like, oh, well, this is a nice way to focus. Yeah. Um, and then I also could be very, hey, I don't have a lot of experience with X, Y, or Z. Great. You can learn that. We can develop that. We have other people um, on the board that can help with that. And so that just made me feel um, very confident in saying I want to apply. Yeah. Are the resources here in Charlotte something that surprised you or were you expecting what you're getting as far as resources here in town? So there, um, Greensboro has resources, um, mm -hmm. you know. However, just I think with the size of a city, you know, we're the basically size. three times the size of Greensboro and Charlotte, you really have more. There are more schools that have very specific different um, missions so that, you know, a family has more choices, which I appreciate. Um, the, you know, the, there are more child psychiatrists, neurologists. I mean, like a lot of right. these um, specialties, I think, um, they gravitate toward larger cities. Yeah. Um, there's a bigger population. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been very impressed and I'm trying to, being new, get to, you know, fill my toolkit with what are the other things out there? How can I help parents when, you know, there is a problem or there is a, a new struggle? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really trying to get around town, visit the schools, visit some different therapists and see um, right. what's there. Do you find that a lot of your parents and students already have their tools in place and then they pick the Crosden School because their tools suggested it? Or do you think it's the other way around? Like, do you offer a lot of suggestions for resources and help to your students? Or is it kind of equal? I think it's probably equal. I mm -hmm. think once they know about us, we get a lot of referrals from psychologists, other private schools, sometimes preschools, mm -hmm. um, speech you know, speech summer camps. Um, so I think these are parents that are already doing a little bit of their legwork on their own. They're not just kind of stumbling upon us and saying, you're the first thing we're doing. Because committing to coming to a school, you've already, you know, realized that you need some special supports. I do think as the children age, though, and you go through adolescence, a lot of times it's, oh, I'm now stuck at a new situation, or there's this bridge to cross, um, especially when we get to high school. And then the kids, you know, what does that look like supporting your teen that may not be as communicative with his parents looks a little different than the seven-year-old who, um, you know, we're trying to, I don't know, work on kind of self-expression, right, mm -hmm. is very different. So yeah. I would say it's probably a mixed, mixed yeah. bag on that. Um, we love your tagline, belong, believe, succeed. Tell us about it and what it says about your school. So I think the um, we wanted to come up with a few words that told a story. And we asked some parents as well as other um Teachers, what's the one thing that's different about Crosland? And a lot of the kid, the you know, 
the response was, when we came here, we had a place to belong. I can be myself. I don't have to fit in a box. I don't have to pretend to like something just because that's what the other kids do. Um, so the sense that they really belong. And what I loved about that is then the parents would like echo and say, well, I never belonged when we went to, or when my child was enrolled at X, Y, or Z, because whatever the parents were really concerned about or their priorities weren't my priorities um, when it came to caring for my child. So I think the idea is we really wanted to start with belong. And then a lot of our kids, self-confidence is what we see really turn around within, sometimes it's even within the first two weeks of school. I like, yeah. I can do this. Or They feel different at the other school and they're they're not different here. Everyone right. is similar. So, right. Know. So they, we want them to see a belief in themselves as I can do this. I am good enough. And then the belief that we, we know you can do this. So rather than thinking, oh, my teacher's not going to call on me because she knows I don't know. It's no, we're all participating in this right. together. Yep. So I think it's the belong, the believe, and then succeed. And at our school, success looks different. Um, you know, it's not, we're not trying to all get into Ivy League schools. We're not all trying to, you know, it's more the idea of you're succeeding on what you're good at, your strengths, right. you're building on your weaknesses. Um, so it's just, you have that feeling of I'm proud of myself is also huge. Right. Well, I think confident, we've said this in a lot of our yep. podcasts, if you could bottle up confidence and sell it, we'd all be zillionaires. But confidence is so important in education at all levels, no matter what your learning style is. So I thought it's really impressive. Now, you've got two special friends, Bumble and Bruce, yes. at the Crosland School. Tell us about them and, and what the role they play in education. So the history of the Crosland School is just really interesting. We've always had this presence of dogs, which I learned kind of as you I was applying. You have a whole Instagram page. Instagram. We love it's it. It's at Dogs of Crosland. Yes. Yeah. So um, we really believe in the support that dogs can bring. So when I um, – Bruce now, this is his third year. Okay. He actually comes to school every day with a seventh grader. Um, so he lives – But What Bruce, kind of dog is Bruce? Bruce is – a yellow lab okay but however he's found wherever like he wanders on his own so if he so also cute. hears a child awesome. crying in the hallway. <laughs> but so he'll cute. just he'll just leave wherever and find whoever's upset or know That's kind awesome. of where he's oh needed God. or if there's That's a child amazing. who's you know so he's shared amongst the entire school it's pretty incredible um and then i have a dog bumble and she's kind of in her process she's not a therapy dog per se but she um what I've enjoyed, so she comes only just one afternoon a week with me. And she's a what? She is an Australian Labradoodle. Okay. And so she's, so her, bre- her breed is bred so to be therapy dogs. Yeah. Her, um, I love this, her, her f- grandfather was named Marlon Brando, and he was the dog father at West Virginia University. Oh, oh my god! And so he was a therapy dog there. So, like, <laughs> you kind awesome. of, yeah. you know, it's in her blood. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I love is when I first would come to Crossland and I'd walk and I'd try to interact with the kids, I'd say hello, I'd greet them, I'd call them by name, but they just kind of wanted to keep walking. But when I'm walking with Bumble, it's yeah. let me stop, let me interact. So she's honestly... Bridging a, the gap. Yes, of let's build connections, let's talk. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I enjoy bringing her on Friday afternoons where the kids have some free time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, can I throw the ball with her? Can I do this oh, with I her? Bet she loves it. And she adores it. Do so. they get along, Bumble and Bruce? Today? Um, Bruce is eight and not as interested in playing. And okay. Bumble would just, right. she's only a year and a half. So she, oh, so she runs awesome. circles around yeah. the playground. Yeah. But yeah. yes, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Um, okay, so how do we get more information about the Crossland School admission events, that kind of thing, besides on Charlotte's Marty Pants? Yes. So <laughs> our website has all of our information, if you will, on johncrosslandschool.org. However, we do have um, 
scheduled open houses where we, you know, you'd come for an hour and a half and all of that, um, where we have students speak, we have the teachers there to present. Um, at the same point, we know that sometimes if school is not going well for your child, if there is anxiety, if you don't want to get out of the car, if there is crying every night, you do not have to wait for an open house. Um, Portia York is our admissions um director, and she is happy to also give a tour. So if it's, hey, when can you come in this week? Things aren't going well. Um, we really are there. We believe in rolling admissions um, so that we can help support, you know, a transition where your child can really feel like they belong again. And where are you guys located? So we are off um, Yorkmont Road. Okay. Um, it's um, if you will, it's really close to the um, Charlotte Regional Farmers Market. Farmers Market. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's um, but it's it's what it's nice is it's near 77. It's near Charlotte. Like there's a, it's an easy way, and we're not um, you know gridlocked with traffic. So it's yeah, also you can nice. get in and out. Um, and drop off in the morning is really great. It's between seven and eight. So there's oh, nice. a whole hour where um, that some flexibility. Yep. So That's we great. want to make sure that we can support anyone that needs us. Well, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Um, as Hallie mentioned, you can find the Croslin School at John Croslin school.org. They're also on Facebook at John Croslin School and on Instagram, same name, at John Croslin School. And also you can find Bumble and Bruce at Dogs of Crosland on Instagram. So thanks again for coming. Thank, Thank you, you for both. all that you do too. Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com.